Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, and welcome to a special episode of Queer Talk, a queer podcast that takes a look at good news stories through a beautifully queer lens. This episode, we're all dialing in remotely due to COVID-19. However, we still wanted to bring you some positive queer news. And that's Queer Talk. Hi! Hi. So as mentioned in the intro, we are all isolating due to COVID-19. Fortunately, we haven't got any of the symptoms right now, but we're working from home to try and prevent the um, disease spreading any further. Yeah, it's kind of a weird time at the moment. Um, We're all encouraged to stay at home, self-isolate if we have symptoms and keep social distance from people. And a lot of events are being cancelled and postponed. It's hitting a lot of these industries really hard, especially pubs, cafes and gyms that have been forced to close. Yeah, it's a big shift in our lives, but I'm quite glad that I get to look forward to the evenings where we can video call. That's my new uh, social interactions now. We, uh, we, we've definitely, we've called a lot more than usual. I think we used to message, but like this face-to-face is really important, especially for me. Being in Manchester, like I'm not, I'm not seeing you guys now for quite a few weeks uh, and I was getting quite cosy seeing you every bloody weekend. So yeah, it's tough. I'm kind of hoping once this whole thing blows over that, we continue to call more as a generation yeah. and vehicle. I think that's that would be good. I think that it's nice that people are spending more time, like virtually calling one another and making sure that um, they're still seeing people's faces. Obviously, a video call does not replace physical contact. We can all agree to that. Like, you know, I think each of us would really appreciate being able to hug one another right now because times are weird the anxiety is through the roof and everyone is kind of coping or not coping in their own individual way but yeah like for me someone shadily said to me the other day they said james how's self-isolation going you must be really good at it but because you don't really go out much i was like that's kind of shady but it's kind of true it's like as a gamer like i i'm kind of I don't know. Like I've I've prepared for this moment for a long time. And <laughs> I've got like I've got like Animal Crossing to sit there and play through and this morning I had a very gay morning. I was sat there, I was having breakfast, drinking coffee, watching Eurovision twenty thirteen and uh playing Animal Crossing in my bed. So See that's so different to me. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Or how are you going? Well before I used to go out to a lot of social events and like catch up with friends for drinks and dinner and stuff and I can't do it in that anymore. So it's really difficult for me to be indoors and just like be still, just be still with seeing. So I've learned like this week has been a big adjustment and I'm learning how to interact with people in different ways now. Do you find that you struggle with your own company or like um, are, you, are you okay being by yourself no, more than you used to? I like my own company. Like I'm very happy just listening to music on my own, but that's usually the breaks in between socializing. Um, and when it just becomes your entire day, the days drag on forever. Um, I'm really, I'm yeah. really fortunate at the moment that I've got a flatmate. If I was living on my own, I don't. Like, the deafening silence would just be too much for me. Yeah, definitely. I think the whole reason this is difficult is because it's the 
it's not having the choice so like I was always making excuses to work from home and to be at home and to stay in bed for longer and now I'm like okay well I can't go outside I have no plans today I have nothing to do but I really I I have nowhere to go but I really want to go there like wherever there may <laughs> may be like I just I want to be outside I want to bump into people I want people to do my head in in the supermarket and get in my way and you know walking slow on the street that I like get really infuriated normally like I want I want that back because I look outside my window there's nobody there mm. I mean, have you been to been to an ASDA recently? <laughs> you go to ASDA, you'll find that yeah. because people are panic buying and people need to calm the fuck down oh, when it comes please. to the panic. Just buying. let me buy Lou Roll. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna run out soon. I'm gonna not run out. Just, not just that though, but like there was um uh, there was obviously there was the video of the nurse in the car that went viral because she was like, just stop being so selfish. Like I just want to get some fruit and veg in between my shifts. Like at the end, and it's so true. It's like we. I appreciate we're meant to be positive given the, 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 the nature of this podcast, but it's fair to say that like there are certain things that need to be discussed. This is not something that is all like silver linings and bells and whistles and woo woo, you know, like I don't understand why people are panicking for loot roll. Like the the symptoms of COVID-19 are not that you're going to shit yourself. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. But no, some supermarkets are doing good stuff. Like um, Iceland Definitely. have dedicated the first hour of being open to elderly people. Sainsbury's and Tesco, I think, are doing similar things for either elderly people or NHS hours. Um, so yeah. critical workers can go and do their shopping. Um, so there are doing measures to you know reduce the stockpiling, allowing only customers to have three items of certain goods, which I still think is a bit high. You think that's high? Yeah, I mean, sorry, I think it's uh, yeah too high. Like, so if, yeah, you, if, if you go into a supermarket and you're allowed to take three hand washes, for example, I still, no, so I I still think that's that. a bit too high. It should be one per customer if we're really talking about so the I guess that the situation. I guess I'm referring to like someone posted on their like Instagram stories today that they couldn't buy more than three bananas at one go. So I was a bit like, mm, okay, because I would usually buy a pack of six and they would like last me for the most part of the week. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's James, it's called panic buying. No, I appreciate that. These are not normal circumstances, but I, I guess my point more so being, I agree with you in a certain context, but I disagree in that I think it should be every item should be limited to like two or three because I think that certain items are essential and should be shared, but then who defines what is and what isn't an essential item to be purchased? Well, in a I follow an account on Instagram called Grime Gran um, and she's an old woman and she's hilarious. <laughs> she's super shady um, but one of the things she pointed out, she was like, in the fucking war, like all this. You you remember Paula's episode, like how Paula speaks? It's literally Paula, but like oh much older. She was saying like during the war, people were given one of each item, like people were rationing. And I'm not, I don't think we've come to that extreme yet, but I think we're still, like Mustin's saying, being given free bananas is probably very privileged mm. and very like, you know, special compared to what they received then. And this situation is... A complete catastrophe particularly for supermarkets and people buying food and i think if something like that was put in place it, it might not necessarily be a bad thing no i mean that's true that is true Although... it's because people do, sorry, i was gonna say people are panic buying because they don't know what's happening people panic buy when there's yeah. um, levels of uncertainty so when you don't know how long this is going to last if it's going to be four weeks 12 weeks you can't plan for it so you just plan for like 20 weeks just in case and that's where we kind of need myself. a bit more guidance and like more stricter rule of like this is going to be four weeks and then everyone can plan for that i mean yeah. you can't plan for it no, because i don't know how, you know how it's going to land 
No, I, yeah, I agree. For me at the moment, I'm I'm getting up at quarter past five in the morning so I can get to a Tesco Express if I need something. So I'm there at like six a.m. So sure that I can find my stuff. Do you know what? Luckily, there isn't, and and most people are going to the bigger supermarkets because those are the ones that are nearby. But it's like I remember I was at a little one morning to try and get in just before seven mm. just to grab a couple of bits because I I do believe that you should only take what you need. Um, I don't believe in like mass stockpiling. I don't think it's a sensible idea nor helpful for anybody. And people weren't social distancing. People were stood really close together. And it's like there was a a woman who turned up and she was pregnant. And I was like, guys, this this woman's pregnant. Can she go to the front of the queue? And people were just like, well, she needs to move herself. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, it just blows your mind a bit that people just weren't bothering anyway. I agree with you, though. I think that um, the UK government have perhaps been a wee bit slow to uh, react. Yes. This idea that things are our choice, I don't think is the best idea, because it's fair to say, given certain um, democratic results recently, people don't necessarily always make the right choice, but there you go. That's just my opinion. (laughs) Showing your true colours. (laughs) Amen in that. (laughs) But having said that, though, something that we did want to talk about that kind of slipped through the net because of all the COVID-19 news was about PrEP. So PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis. So PrEP is a, is a tablet you can take once a day and it helps to prevent HIV transmission. And it's a very effective drug and it's been on trial in England for three years now as a PrEP impact trial. And that's uh, been given to for free to uh, high-risk groups, so men who have sex with men. And that's been a trial for three years because uh, the government haven't didn't want to commit to giving prep on the NHS. But good news is, uh, and it's I feel like it's been a bit buried because of the whole coronavirus uh, pandemic. But the good news is that prep is finally going to be rolled out in uh, England. So the article I picked is covering. This story uh, is by Gay Times, talking about how PrEP is going to be rolled out in England. Um, and the great thing about this drug is it's, just, it's very effective. Yeah, and in January 2019, so just over a year ago, the government committed to getting HIV transmissions down to zero by 2030. And PrEP is one of the strategies involved in making sure that we can get to that point. And I've seen a lot of work by uh, Dean Street and THT refocusing on getting down to zero transmission is great. PrEP is definitely like the best way if people are using uh, PrEP and also people living with HIV are using their medications to get become undetectable, then we're really tackling that both ways. And the important thing for this article is we have full funding from the NHS now and the people that need to get this drug um, can get it and it should be accessible. Um, and it's no longer going to be uh, a three-year limit to it, and there's a bit of uncertainty about whether you know the prep impact trial will renew. Um, so this is really like a great signal that the government, the NHS, are supporting prep and really want to tackle um, getting HIV transmissions right down. I think the reason this story is so exciting for us is because a lot of people 
that we've either come across or socialised with or kind of crossed in the activism queer circuit have have been heavily involved with making this happen. So the likes of Phil Samba, Greg Owen, I know know there's a few others that have really made this happen and seeing the kind of relief on their faces and social media, like it actually happened. They actually achieved it. Like Mm. I think stuff like this, it always seems like you're working endlessly towards a, a goalpost that will continue to move it stopped moving and it's it's gone through and now it's like yeah we still have work to do you know to get it across the entirety of the UK and to you know there's there's other things that need to happen but it's an incredible achievement for for the organizations and for the people that have worked on this for years on end to make it happen yeah I think a lot of us though does though it's it's a long time coming and it's late quite frankly yeah because it was to be honest because it's been available in Scotland for a while on the NHS. It has. Um, and also in America, they've been using PrEP for a lot longer. Before, well, before this decision, if you weren't on the impact trial, which had a long waiting list, so it was always full of people who need, who wanted the drug. If you weren't on that trial, you'd be paying, I think it was £50 or £17 a month. So it, you could do it if you got it from Dean Street. So I purchased it. I used to purchase it before I went on the trial. Mm-hmm. So the purchase price was, I think it was £60 three months if you wanted to get it like the three months. And then, but if you bought it like per box, I think. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It was like 25, I think. Yeah. But yeah, it was weird because the thing is, is that it was very much like a, almost like a private healthcare thing, wasn't it? Well, it was private healthcare because you're paying. Yeah, you are, you're paying. Like if it. you're paying towards getting your drugs, whereas like a, an NHS pres- uh, prescription in this country is also like seven to eight pounds. When I, when I first went on prep, I was looking on websites like, well, how do I get it? It felt like a really, felt almost like dodgy because you didn't know where the supplies were coming from, if it was going to be real or not. Uh, and that's where Prepster and websites like Prepster were really helpful because they were like, get it from this supplier, you know it's going to be real. Um, and they were really supporting people who, you know, making sure people got access to Prep before it was rolled out in England. So they were, they were really yeah, fighting real. to help people now and also help people in the future. And like now we've reached that point in the future where we, we have financial funding for it. 
I remember when I was at Dean Street and when they were talking about prep and this was before I was on the trial, they said, look, you know, if you're unsure as to whether or not it's legit, buy some of it, bring us one of the tablets and we can test it for you, which was a great service, don't get me wrong. But again, it highlights what a great service something like Dean Street is and how lucky Mufseen and I are because we live in London and we have access to those services and not everybody Mm. who is queer has access to those kinds of services around the UK you know there's studies that show that support for or finances for um, sexual health services have been cut and I know that Dean Street were hit really hard by that because not only did they have their funding cut but they also had um, more people coming to get treatment um, and tested at the clinic because other um, sexual health clinics had been shut down so um, you know they were under a lot of pressure but I'm hopeful, fingers crossed, I think we all are, that the rate of HIV will decrease because PrEP is now available in England on the NHS. But I think one thing to note as well is that a lot of people were kind of against PrEP because they felt as though uh, people would then become irresponsible in terms of condom usage, which I can understand because I've I've spoken to people on Grindr before and it's like, oh, do you have condoms? And they'd be like, well, I'm on PrEP. And it's like, well, that, that's not an answer to the question. Like, it's a binary answer. It's a yes, no. Like, and I'm on prep is not an answer to do you have condoms? Because people should still use condoms. Like, you should. There's still a lot of STIs out there. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that like we were talking about before we recorded this, they're not all curable. And some of them can be really, really bad, you know, in terms of things like um, hepatitis uh, and also herpes as well. Herpes is nay curable. It's manageable and treatable, but that doesn't mean that it's curable. Yeah. So so for those who don't know, under what circumstance, like when do you start taking PrEP? When, you know, what under what circumstance should you, should you be looking into this? I'd say you should take PrEP if you are a high-risk category. And also if you are sexually active and you worry about maybe contracting HIV. I mean, that's as simple as that. PrEP is a really easy drug to use. It's a really easy yeah. like, medicine. I, I literally just have one tablet a day every morning. And that protects me from ever contracting. It prevents you from having any kind of slip up, basically. Yeah. Uh, that prevents me from contracting HIV in, you know, in the case that I ever put myself at risk. Uh, for me, it's more like I'd rather just take this tablet once a day, even if I'm not super sexually active or eat. But I think one thing that we just want to know as a podcast is that we are not medical professionals and we would advise that you go and speak to a sexual health practitioner to go and discuss PrEP so that you can get accurate medical advice with regards to Oh, yeah, of course. This isn't Dr. Mufsin telling you how to take PrEP. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good news. We're all happy about it. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. My only thing was that because of all the COVID stuff, it wasn't really getting the kind of traction I wanted on news. Like I would see it, but I don't think uh, non-LGBT people would have seen the news as on like mainstream news. I know the BBC covered it, but it's like this is a really big moment and it should be should have mainstream coverage as well. I think I think as well, like when we were looking for our positive news stories for this week, even queer news sources such as pink news and gay times almost every headline has covid19 in it even queer news sources are not just focusing on queer news that you know oh i'm queer how am i coping with Mm self-isolating i'm queer i you know i've i got the virus like things like this and it's incredibly important because that's what people that you know that's very topical and that's what's happening but definitely made 
this kind of um, headline fade into the background. And it's in- incredibly disappointing, especially, I imagine, for the people who have achieved this and put, put their life and soul into it for so long to watch it just happen and then fade. But I guess, you know, the people that need it and needed it to happen, they'll hear about it soon enough. And moving forward, it's it's definitely a massive achievement for the community. This news isn't going to just come and fade. Once prep is actually available and accessible to a lot of people, not just in London, but in, you know, Gumplinix regionally, this news is going to be, like, championed constantly until everyone knows that they can get prep and they can have access to prep on the NHS. If 2020 has been such a shit year, this is, like, the one piece of good news I'm happy about. So moving on from the good news about prep, Spencer, do you have some good news available for us to digest? I have a really cute story that I found. Um, A guy in Scotland called Thomas Anderson was the first single gay man in Scotland to adopt a baby. The the whole story just really warms my heart. So he's a single gay man? Yeah, he's a single gay man. So basically, since uh, around 2009, it was made legal for LGBT people to adopt in Scotland. Even then, it was kind of um, assumed that that was for couples. I think I think often adoption comes with the fact that like, you need to be a couple, you need to be working, have a home. Like mm. there's there's a long list of criteria. They don't just hand out kids to anybody. Thank God, Thomas Anderson um, really kind of struggled with the fact that he'd always wanted a child. He knew he knew that was what he wanted. He, his friends were trying to look at you know achieving a career achieving this achieving that and he had always had his heart set on having a child but because he wasn't in a couple he wasn't sure this was possible and basically when one of his friends became pregnant he was like right I'm done over around two and a half years of dealing with different legal battles and the whole process he was able to adopt it's really heartwarming because I think like like the prep story, he saw this as a dream rather than a reality. Like he never really saw that it was going to happen, um, but he just kept fighting and trying and trying. And, and eventually he got his son, who is called D. It's just it's super exciting. So he was he was in the office when he found out in the office that he worked in. He told his boss and his boss was like, right, you can go home, like, you know, go share the news, be happy, enjoy, celebrate. So he bought his, uh, it was his mum's birthday at the same time. So he bought his mum a birthday card saying happy birthday, Nan, um, in order to tell her. She was like, this warms my heart. Like, my boy's having a child. Like, and it was it was a super cele- celebratory moment for the entire family. Super cute. It, it makes me really broody. Like, I'm like, right, should we adopt a child? And then I realised that I am the child and I've already been adopted by you both. So we'll just roll with that. So that's fine. You are our baby. <laughs> neither of you want children when you uh feel like you're in the right place to do i want children mostly do you feel like you want kids uh yeah i mean i it's difficult because i come from a big asian family and we value family a lot so i grew up always thinking i'm gonna have kids i'm gonna have kids i'm gonna have kids i'm gonna have a family um but the only thing for me was like oh about instead of a wife i'll have a husband so I grew up thinking I will have a kid, I'll be a good dad. But I also wanted to be a young father because I have quite older parents. But now I'm 29 almost. And I'm yeah, like, that moment's passed. That, yeah, that moment's passed. I can't be a young, a young father anymore. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I've, I've always wanted children. Um, I'm just not sure when now. 
because taking on a child as a single gay man is that's a lot to deal with. I don't, I can't even think about taking yeah. care of a dog or a cat. To take on a or child, your housemate. Is, oh, my housemate, yeah. <laughs> I just seem to adopt <laughs> you wait people years, anyway. But no, that's that's a lot of responsibility, uh, and that's a lot. It's going to make his life hella busy, juggling a child, work. Hopefully, he has a good support network with his family and friends. So I know that's really important when you become a you know when you become a parent to have family nearby. But yeah, no, maybe one day I'll have children. But I really admire him for doing it as a single man. Because I'm thinking right now, like, will he get paternity leave or maternity leave? You know, that's going to make it difficult if he doesn't get the paid time off to take care of the child. I think, I think the fact that his boss sent him home to celebrate might mean that his boss is probably quite on board with the, with the idea. And again, mm-hmm. um, the, the fact that the, the battle took two and a half years to go through... That will have been a whole process with work, I imagine, yeah. trying to trying to make it happen, leave leave to attend probably court cases and different things. And yeah, I, I hope, I mean, I guess we'll never know, but I really hope that his, his work company is supportive because that's exactly what they should be in this circumstance. Two and a half years just to have a child. Yeah, it's, it's such a long process it's when heavy. you think about it. It just highlights how much of a privilege having children can be for some people, you know, it's a huge battle and I think I think a lot of the time like people don't don't understand how much we have to really consider it want it make it happen and tick a load of boxes to to be approved to have a child like it's such a blessing and a privilege just to highlight what he ended on he gave a quote at the end of the article that said he's my world my heart my boy everyone else comes after him and I was just like shedding a little tear having a little moment I'm like you know I also wish that my parents were like that it's I think like just just knowing that he he's put two and a half years work just to get the child and really really cares cares for him and it's 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 super heartwarming to see I know it's very tough um being in the LGBT community sometimes and and especially dealing with family this is a super positive story Um, makes me want to be a dad now Absolutely. Thomas ended his whole discussion on the article by kind of encouraging others, particularly other single gay men, to to get involved with the process if should they want to. Um, so Mufsin, pay attention. He quoted at the end, Please shut out any negativity you come across. If you believe you can be the best parent to a child in need, then go for it. Your forever family is waiting. And that is the tea on that. That was just... That's, yeah super super cute and super important you know he kind of mentioned that he was expecting a backlash for being a gay man and being single and almost didn't happen you have to just believe if you want something and it you know it's not about you in this position it's it's about that child in need so if you if you can make that happen for for somebody and change their life completely then why not go for it and make it happen yes So we hope you enjoyed those highlights of positive news that may have gone under the radar this week. And that, everyone, is the end of this episode of Queer Talk. If you would like to keep the discussion going, we're on Instagram at queer underscore talk. And on Twitter, we are queer talk underscore. Until next time. Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.